This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Go to GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Wednesday, February 2nd, Groundhog Day, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Nissan is on the upswing with new energy and new products from A to Z, but is it built to last? More on that later. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Record profits for GM, despite a rough fourth quarter, and CEO Mary Barra talks about further increases in EV capacity. Barra said she plans to pull ahead significant electric vehicle investments over the next three years. Exact details will come later, after they're finalized. Barra telling investors Tuesday that the automaker plans to deliver 400,000 EVs in North America through 2023. We also recognize that we need to launch more EVs faster. So that's exactly what we are going to do. Of course, the big news last week was GM's pledge to invest with its battery partner nearly $7 billion to convert its Orion Township, Michigan assembly plant to build electric pickups and to build a battery plant nearby. The investments will give GM the capacity to make more than 1 million electric vehicles in North America by 2025. Barra says GM needs more. And I can tell you right now, 1 million units in North America won't be enough to meet the steep inflection in demand that we expect starting mid-decade for our EVs. That's why we will continue to convert ICE capacity to EVs and plan to invest in a third EV truck plant. Barra did not give any details about that third electric truck plant. In addition to the Orion site, GM has started making GMC Hummer EV pickups at Factory Zero in Detroit and Hamtramck. Barra spoke to investors after GM announced fourth quarter and full-year earnings. In line with projections, net income in the fourth quarter plunged 39% to $1.7 billion as production was crimped by the chip shortage. Nevertheless, the automaker achieved a record full-year operating profit and expects to roughly match that performance this year. For all of 2021, GM's net income surged 56% to $10 billion. North American operating profits also topped $10 billion, which will generate profit-sharing checks for UAW members that average more than $10,000 apiece. Not too shabby. GM isn't the only automaker hampered by the lack of semiconductors and other supply chain disruptions. That's clear from the January sales results that a handful of automakers have released. Honda, strapped with record low inventories, said January's U.S. sales dropped 20%. Mazda was down 17%, Volvo also in double digits with a 13% drop. Not quite as bad, Subaru was off 4.8%, Toyota slipped 5.5% despite a 5% improvement at Lexus. And as I said yesterday, Kia was down while its Korean counterpart Hyundai and its Genesis brand reported gains. The rest of the industry reports U.S. sales only quarterly, except for Ford, which files today. The seasonally adjusted annualized rate of sales is forecast to come in at 14.1 million to 15.3 million for January. That would be up from 12.7 million in December, but down sharply from 16.8 million 
in January 2021. Turning to safety, NHTSA estimates the number of U.S. traffic deaths surged to 31,720 in the first nine months of 2021. That is up 12% compared with a year earlier. The jump represents the highest percentage increase over a nine-month period since the Transportation Department began recording fatal crash data in 1975. It was also the highest nine-month figure since 06. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg just days ago outlined the government's national roadway safety strategy. Perhaps technology can make the roads safer, but it may depend on what tech you have. In vehicles with partial automation, driver-facing cameras are far safer systems than steering wheel-based ones in making sure drivers pay attention. That's according to a new study released by AAA. Drivers were engaged behind the wheel five times as often with camera-based systems than with steering wheel-based ones. On average, AAA found that camera-based systems, also known as direct systems, alert drivers about 50 seconds faster than steering wheel-based or indirect systems. In the world of fully automated driving, Cruise says it is offering free rides to non-employees in San Francisco in its driverless vehicles for the first time. The self-driving car company that is majority owned by GM is working to launch an autonomous commercial ride hailing service in the city. But the company is waiting on regulatory approvals to charge for fares. This latest step, though, triggered a $1.35 billion investment from SoftBank Vision Fund. And that's the news you need to know. Nissan has new models to show off, and it's back with its first Super Bowl ad in seven years. Automotive news reporter Urvaksh Karkaria tells us why after this. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Nissan is back with an all-new Z sports car, so it's also back in the Super Bowl with an ad featuring Eugene Levy and Dave Bautista. But it also has an electric crossover and a bevy of mainstream vehicles coming. It's gotten off of its bad habits of pursuing market share for its own sake, ending the controversial stair-step incentives that can give dealers such big bonuses when they reach aggressive volume targets that it often led to unnatural and brand-damaging behavior in the push to meet monthly sales goals. What isn't clear is how disciplined the company will be when enough chips are available to ramp up production and meet consumer demand, 
As our Urvash Karkaria explains, I reached him in Atlanta. Urvash Karkaria, welcome to Daily Drive. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Oh, so glad to have you. So you had some really interesting stories in this week's issue of Automotive News, one of which was about Nissan having its first Super Bowl ad in years. What's, what's that about? Yeah, so Nissan is going to return to the Super Bowl. Um, the, the last time it had a Super Bowl ad was way back in, I believe, uh, 2015. And this year, Nissan has a lot to talk about. They've essentially revitalized their entire product lineup. They've gone from having one of the oldest product lineups in the industry to having one of its newest. And in the Super Bowl commercial, they are going to highlight uh, there are two all-new products. One is the Z sports car, uh, which a new generation uh, is being released. And they're also going to introduce their second electric vehicle, which is a, a compact crossover. So these are two very important products. The Aria, which is a crossover, is uh, going to be a high-volume, highly competitive market product while the Z obviously harkens back to uh, Nissan's heritage uh, in sports cars. You mentioned the Aria, which I saw uh, in Tokyo in, two, uh, in 2019. You probably you saw it there too, I'm sure. Uh, we were right. both there at that show. And it's such a beautiful car for a, a mainstream brand. Um, how big a volume is it really expected to be? So dealers are very enthusiastic about this brand and uh, about this, sorry, about the model, uh, because they say that, you know, the compact crossover space is sort of the high volume category in the industry at this point, the compact crossovers. And uh, uh, so this will basically allow Nissan to compete with uh, the Model Y uh, and competing products from Volvo, uh, from Volvo as well as um, uh, uh, you know, more traditional competitors like Volkswagen and, and Hyundai. Well, you, you're right. Your dealers, uh, dealer sources are absolutely right. The compact crossover is like the new family sedan. Uh, right. it's, it's really the family car. And, and so it's competing with the Y, but also the Ionic, Hyundai's Ionic 5 and the Mustang Mach-E. And like you said, um, VW with the ID4, there's a this whole slew of uh, electric Compact crossovers that are or crossovers that are slightly varying sizes, but pretty pretty similar. Very very much the kinds of vehicles Americans like to buy. And I think it's a competitive uh, product, also unlike say the Leaf, uh, because uh, it has a range of I believe more than three hundred miles, uh, which should uh, you know give it a good uh, foothold in the market. Yeah, it's uh, the the leaf to the Aria is like the uh, the Model <laughs> T to the Mustang. I think it's <laughs> a major leap. Um, one more thing on the ad before we we move to our next topic, right? This it seems like they um, Nissan does a Super Bowl ad every time they come out with a new Z car, and right. Uh, right. and this one is another. It's it seems like it's it's a uh, you know, not a, not really a world for sports cars, performance gas burning sports cars anymore. But but they're doing a new Z anyway and making the most of it. Sure, it's all about you know uh, you know basically harkening back to an iconic brand for Nissan. They're playing to the sort of the the nostalgia angle, 
And even though it may not, even though the Z may not sell a whole bunch of vehicles itself, uh, it basically is a is a halo vehicle, and it sort of lifts the brand in terms of consumer awareness. Absolutely. So the brand is on the upswing. It's uh, it's been doing much better. Uh, has better reputation with dealers. Uh, of course, it came from a, a pretty low place. You had another interesting story yeah. about about the appeal of Nissan's franchises these days. Yeah, it's amazing how how things have changed uh, in just the past couple of years. Uh, you know, I was reporting in 2018 and 2019 uh, that Nissan was you know essentially facing a, a dealer rebellion. Uh, consumers were abandoning the brand from a sales standpoint. But things uh, seem to be, uh, uh, you know, turning around, primarily driven by new product. You know, I really believe that that new product can 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 make or break uh, an automaker. Ultimately, that's what it's all about: the product. And and as as Nissan is is launching next generations of its key models, like the Rogue, the Pathfinder, the Frontier, because uh, customers are once again sort of getting excited about the brand. And when customers get excited about the brand, so do the dealers. And uh, we're kind of seeing that in uh, you know franchise values, uh, in uh, you know consumer uh, surveys. Uh, for example, um, you know we reported that uh, franchise values uh, for Nissan for the Nissan brand. Uh, let me pull this up. Uh, they are the multiples are are now uh, on average they're trading three times earnings, uh, and and it's been sort of an improvement in multiples since for the first time since uh, 2019, and in terms of uh, uh, dealer sentiment, another measure was the uh, summer 2021 NADA uh, dealer attitude survey. The Nissan brand increased by 10 points. They went from uh, a rank of 32 to a rank of 15 in the summer 2021 survey. So, so the dealers are also very excited about the brand now. It's a, it's an amazing jump. It was funny uh, when you said uh, the product is the most important thing. Of course, Carlos Ghosn, when he first got to Nissan, along with being Lacoste killer, uh, right. he said, you know, there's nothing wrong with a brand that that great product can't solve, and Absolutely. unleashed a bunch of product, and Nissan did great. And then it fell into yeah. these bad habits of chasing share, pushing dealers to increase volume beyond natural demand, uh, right. you know, the stair-step incentives. And that really destroyed, you know, made dealer profitability very hard to predict, right. made it a tough, tough time for them. And they've really solved that, or maybe it really got solved for them, didn't it? Right. I mean, I think the, the de- Nissan's decision to finally get rid of stair-step was a huge uh, turning point from its, uh, as far as its uh, dealer relations were concerned. I mean, that was such a sore point for years. And, uh, you know, when they finally decided to get get rid of it, uh, I think uh, things sort of turned around. Uh, one, one quick correction on the uh, summer 2021 NADA uh, dealer attitude survey rankings, Nissan went from number 25 to number 15 there you go. Uh, in the past year or so. That was a 10, that was a 10 point increase. 10 point jump, yep. So the other big news with Nissan, uh, Nissan and its alliance partners announced uh, a very large you know, $26 billion EV investment plan 
but you know which sounds impressive it's a large number and it seems like it's in the ballpark of some other large automakers but nissan itself was already had some pretty aggressive ev spending targets right right yeah so nissan plans to invest 18 billion that's b as in baseball globally <laughs> uh in the next few years uh in in evs However, the, the fact is that, that Nissan, for the most part, has stayed mum on its uh, electrification plans. Uh, beyond the Aria, uh, a small uh, electric crossover uh, is planned for the European market. And uh, we've also reported that Nissan in the US is mulling uh, a, a, an electric pickup. Uh, dealer sources say that it could be uh, you know, similar to the Maverick, so it's in a sort of a compact segment, though I'm also hearing that uh, there's some discussion about uh, uh, coming out with an electric frontier size pickup as well. Uh, but beyond that, we don't really know what they're what they're what they're going to spend those uh, that that 18 billion dollars on. And I think this is an issue that uh, you know we're facing with with uh, several other automakers, where the auto industry is, st- is talking this big game on on EVs. Uh, but but at this point, it's mostly just talk. Of course, we've seen some recent investments by you know the likes of GM and Ford. If, I mean, if Nissan is going to make uh, battery plants, invest in battery right. plants, uh, of course, those uh, sums add up in a hurry. Correct. That, that could eat Correct. up your eighteen billion. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the question though is, is the 18 billion on product alone or is it on, as you say, all this infrastructure? Uh, and it, it probably is a, is a bit of both. Yeah. So we talked about how, you know, Nissan has really turned it around. They got away from the, the stair steps, which are, you know, bonuses for dealers based on hitting certain volume targets, uh, many of which are a stretch. The, they really got off that bad habit in part because you can't tell dealers they have to sell large volumes if they don't have large volumes to sell. It seems like the jury is still out on whether this new leadership team post Carlos Ghosn is going to maintain that discipline when they have full access to chips and when everyone else is, is running their plants at full speed. Yeah, I mean, as awkward as it sounds, maybe the chip crisis has kind of bailed Nissan out or at least bought it some time. Uh, but as you say, you know, uh, it remains to be seen when once the uh, sort of the supply chain issues resolve themselves and the industry goes back to full production, will Nissan be pressured uh, uh, in terms of, of sticking to the, the path of, you know, low volume, high profit? Uh, uh, path? Or will it uh, go back to its, uh, you know, old bad habits and uh, start cranking out product? Uh, and 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 uh, you know, b- building on building on volume rather than long term sustainability. I think it's going to be a big test for the whole industry. Maybe not Correct. until twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, but uh, there's going to be a race to produce, and then it'll be the challenge: who can tap on the brakes, who can find the right balance at the right time. Yeah, we'll have to revisit this discussion uh, maybe a year from now. Absolutely, I look forward to it. Thanks, Arvash. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. When you need the most comprehensive news on the auto industry at any time of day, go to autonews.com. 
Thanks to Jack Hallauer for his editing and production. Thanks to the ANTV team and web editor Victor Galvan for their support. And thanks to you for listening. Now, let's get back to work.